Hey modelers, welcome to the Model Geek Scale Modeling Podcast. Here we will be discussing anything and everything as it relates to the world of scale modeling. Before we start, we would like to take a moment and thank all of you listeners out there for your support. We would also like to thank our great sponsors for their support. Detail and Scale, Furball Aero Design, Tamiya USA, and Sprue Brothers. Please pay a visit to their websites and have a look at all their fine products. Now buckle up and ride along as we journey into the world of scale modeling. We really hope that you will download and make us a part of your modeling bench sessions. Now, here are the geeks, Darren Cook, Scott Samo, Andrew Frill, and Andrew White. Hey, what's crack-a-lackin', Model Geeks? It's Frildo, and it is my turn to host episode 39 of the Model Geeks podcast. And as usual, I am joined by my three illustrious co-hosts, D-Ran, Nemo, and Whitey. Fellas, and welcome. we are illustrious again. Illustrious. <laughs> I don't know, after after the Nats, maybe infamous. <laughs> maybe, like, not infamous, like in infamous. My God, deja vu. Infamous? <laughs> infamous. Uh, you're going to walk in there in at San Marcos and they're going to have pictures. Do not allow these people. <laughs> yeah. It's the Wild West, man. They'll be wanted posters. Uh, that's okay. Well, that's Darren's old stomping grounds and a little bit of my old stomping yeah. grounds. We'll, we'll, we'll go, we know people. I'm ready. Yeah. I am ready, ready, ready. Well, since D-Ram was the only one of us that drove, why don't Darren tell us about your experience driving out there? How long was it? Oh, Here, let, uh, me guess, let me guess. Let me guess. It sucked. No, it, it wasn't that bad. But I'll be honest with you. The ride out was not bad at all. Uh, Our two-hour plane ride was pretty good, too. Yeah, Sorry. I'm sure it was. Um, <laughs> uh, no, the, the drive out was good. Tim and I, we left on, uh, oh, geez, was it Monday? around one o'clock and got in there Tuesday evening. Um, lots of corn, my friends, lots of corn, lots of beans and lots of, uh, wind farms. Oh my God. I didn't know that. I didn't know they, they grew that much corn in one state, but, uh, what was the, uh, gross national product from corn? You and Tim had looked it up. El Presidente. We did some rough math and it was roughly $156 billion annually. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's what you do when you're sitting out there looking at nothing but flat land and corn. (laughs) It's green, though. You know, it was a a lot greener than I thought it would have been. Yeah. As you flew over? Yeah. 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 Well, it was, uh, we really did have a good, the ride home now was a different animal. Uh, Man, tired, tired when we pulled in the driveway here. I was, felt like I'd been beat, beat with a bamboo cane. (laughs) I was tired. Ouch. I don't know how the hell that equates to tired, but it gives you a visual anyway. Well, man, it's been a week since we got back pretty much. And, you know, as of our recording right here tonight, you know, last Monday was first day back at work. And I still kind of feel like I'm playing catch up, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm still kind of on the Nats high, too. Still got my mojo. Wanting to sit at the model desk and do stuff. So uh, I always like that after, you know, a good contest, nationals especially, but any contest does, 
does it to you. I know you get there on, when we got there on Tuesday, it's just, it kind of sets in. You're like, holy shit, we're here for like a whole week. Yeah. Like we're not leaving till Sunday and it's nothing but models. I don't have to mow the yard. I don't right. have to do laundry. I can just like go geek out all day and not get in trouble for it, you know? And then you blink <laughs> not that twice. I would get, yeah. And, and yeah, man, it was well, good. It was really good. I'm going to allow Scott to paint this picture. Oh, man. Of our experience getting Uh-oh. out there. Oh, yeah. Do I want to relive this? You can tell or I can tell it. Oh, man. I'll, I'll tell I it. I mean, you have to. The, remember, the Phoenix. Yeah. You were right. You guys were right. So, all right. So, I'll try to do the quick two-minute version. So, we get out there. And, of course, we're always stressed about carrying our models out there. And so, I got the Tamiya F4. And, you know, it's looking good in the in the carrying case. And, you know, we get to the plane, get on the plane. Uh, hold and, on. Uh, oh. Hold on. Yeah. You got to back up. You got to back getting up. out of your... We're getting out of your forerunner. Oh, there it all started. See, I broke the base mirror. It fell out of the, it was in my backpack and we, I opened the door and it fell out and broke. And I remember actually thinking, oh, that's an omen. That's mm-hmm. bad. Breaking mirrors. That's not good. This is going to be a bad day. And then I was like, shut up. <laughs> Let's go. So we go. And of course, what do we do? Most of the time when we go through TSA, they're oh, very polite. On. Hold on, there was one more thing. Remember, we put our models on the bench to while we load our bags onto the trolley, the tram that picked us up at the parking area. Oh, man, and the dude went to take off. And your models were still on the bench. And I was like, wait, stop, stop. And then the guy finally stops because we were busy putting our bags away. And dude's like ready to haul ass to the airport. But that's right. So already, we haven't even, we're barely even getting on the bus. And already, broken mirror and almost the models get left back at at the little bus stop thing. So... Then we get to TSA and we're like, hey, TSA people, they're friendly, right? They respect us as modelers and can appreciate our works of art that we have in our plastic containers, which are very delicate and fragile. And uh, yeah, no. So the lady, I was like, hey, please don't put it through the the machine or whatever. And the guy's like, oh, okay, here, we'll just take it around. So they take our stuff around. And then she says, is this your model? No, is this your is this yours or whatever she said? And I was like, Yeah. And then old oh man, old girl's taking it and she's like, it's like a box of brownies or cookies or something. She's slinging it around and she's walking towards the the place to put, you know, where they do the little inspection or whatever. I was like, Whoa, 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 whoa. What that's delicate. Don't be sloshing that thing around, slinging it around. And I look and I can see on the inside, it's all like off the padding. I was like, mother, God damn it. <laughs> so I go over there and the lady's like, I'm already pissed because I can see that it's, I mean, I can see it's, it's off. So I'm like, oh man, I have broken stuff. And so, and I have a little tape, a little tape uh, handle that I have fashioned on there. Uh, remember tape handle that will come into play here about six hours later. So then, <laughs> um, so she says, well, you're going to have to open it because I'm going to have to swab it and inspect it and i'm like swab it with what she's like well you're not you're not willing to are you not willing to put it through the x-ray machine i was like no why does it need to go through the x-ray machine it's just a plastic model she's like it's either getting swabbed or it's going through the x-ray machine and i'm like well you're not swabbing it she's like oh so you're refusing to have a piece of uh your belonging um you know subject to inspection is that what you're doing and i was like just put it through the damn x-ray machine then 
And so I was like, but hold on, let me check it. So I, I ripped the tape on the handle again. Aha. Remember ripped tape on handle. So I opened it up and I just repositioned it. I looked at it. It was fine. They long story short, we put it through the x-ray machines again. Next time we'll always put it through the x-ray machines. It's no big deal. Put it through there. We get on the plane, put it in the overhead, plenty of room. Life is good, right? Eh, I'll just get another mirror when we get to Omaha. So no big deal. We, we land. Frill takes a quick peek, gives me the, you're good to go, buddy. So I look at it. It is. It's good to go. Hadn't even moved. We walk off. And again, I had, you know, this is a few hours later, right? And I had to uh, rip the handle, the tape handle, because I had to open it. Uh, so we are walking on down, trucking on down to, you know, get our bags and put my model down. And there's my bag. So I pick my bag up. And then I go to pick up my model by the handle. What happened? Freaking handle came apart. And that damn thing like fell, just fell out of my hand from about four feet and just did a freaking belly flop, flipped over and landed <laughs> down. face down, man. And I, and it made a huge noise. Sound like a gunshot. Everybody and, in the uh, baggage cracker, like turned yeah. around. <laughs> and, like everybody's look, I look around, everybody's looking at me and I can see Whitey and Phil were like, Let's just walk away, man. <laughs> don't say anything to him. And I was probably like, don't say anything. To me. You know, I was just like, I, cause I was in shock. I'm like, holy crap. Did that just happen? The damn thing just, this is just not my day. And so anyway, I, I pick it up and we, and they're like, dude, it's going to be all right. <laughs> I can tell they're trying to be supportive. Cause they're like, what the, what do you tell the guy? You know? Cause I'm about ready to like kick the damn thumb. I'm ready to colonize that little bitch. Well, we thought Scott was going to grab his bag, leave his model on the floor. Get his bag, go back up the escalator, go back to the Southwest ticket counter and get his ticket changed fly back right after. I thought about it. I was like, I can either do that or I can kick this stupid ass thing across the, nope, just calm down. Just calm down. Take a deep breath. So we go over to the little area where there's some, you know, the bench seating or whatever. And I, I take a peek and surprisingly, there's just the canopies are popped off. They're not broken. They're just popped off. And. Of course, Whitey and Phil are being super positive. They're like, dude, it's cool. Oh, man, you can fix that. No problem, man. No problem. I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, so we're heading back. And then, of course, get to the rental car place. I'm already pretty bummed and um, got my broken model in my case. And the lady's like, I'm sorry, but you're um, you've already your elapsed time, you know, to where you're supposed to be here is more than two hours. So I don't have a rental car for you. And I was like, what? What do you mean you don't have a rental car for me? She's like, well, you were supposed to be here at whatever time, but you're two hours late. So I'm sorry, no rental car for you. And I was like, what are you talking about? What do you mean you don't? She's like, well, I'm going to get you another one. I'm just letting you know the original one that you had, I'm going to have to give you a different one. I'm like, oh, well, okay. And then like two minutes later, I had a rental car. I'm like, you could have just skipped the whole, like, you're not getting a rental car. You know, <laughs> I was like, who is testing me? Is there a freaking candid camera around here? Are they wanting to watch a freaking middle-aged 51 year old freak the out? Cause I'm about <laughs> ready to freak out. <laughs> Most of our listeners don't know what candid camera is. Oh, yeah, they probably don't. Anyway, I was just like, who's, who's watching me there. This is, this is a test. Thought you're getting punked. Yeah, man. And then why do you feel we're like, dude, it's all good, man. You're going to rise from the ashes. It's you, 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 man, just wait, just wait. And I'm like, whatever, man, I'll be lucky to get the damn, get, the I called it. I said, you're going to win best phantom, dude. Yep. And I was like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. And then, um, five hours later, 
long story short, or to make a long, a short story even longer, <laughs> it won first and best Phantom. So, cause I was able to fix it. And the only reason why I was able to fix it is cause I brought that, the, my magnifier and my light, you know, and my lamp. Well, we had, so we could, had a complete setup up there. In the, complete uh, setup. So I was able to see it and be able to fix it. And, and the cool thing, I was able to fix it so that it didn't look like it was ever broken. Um, cause you know, so, well, let me tell you, that really goes to show too, from that fall that it took, yeah, man. you know, our little yeah. episode on how to pack your models is yeah, that's a testament well. right yep. there. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, they de- it definitely, um, the way it's packed definitely helped, you know, wouldn't have been but, like uh, that if you had it sitting on top of, uh, dry cleaning bags, would it? Nope. 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 So it was, um, that's how Nat started. <laughs> <laughs> and I like show up to the, uh, so again, I'm just like a little kid who just had their favorite toy, like crushed. And so I, we, oh, everybody shows up and everybody's like, Nemo, Hey, what's going on? I'm like, I gotta go to the room, man. I gotta fix my model. And they're like, what? And then I told them what happened. You know, they all kind of knew what happened and they were like, okay, man, we'll, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> I just steered clear. Yeah. And so then I got it fixed and it didn't take that long. I got it fixed probably like about an hour. And then, and then I had, and then I was good. Everything was happy. Gear was straight. Canopies were straight. Everything was good. All good. All everything's right with the world. And then coming back, of course, no issues at all. It's easy. No, you lived out your seven years of bad luck in one yeah, day. God, I hope so, man. I'm scared, scared to death to take that freaking SU twenty seven to the next to a show. I have to build a super indestructible, you know, um, carrying case. But anyway, happy yeah. days. So that sums up Whitey, Nemo, and I heading out there. So that was fun. So on a lighter note, much chippier subject. I know we just finished. You know, we just came up, came away from the NAS. But what's everybody working on? What's you? What's on your bench? Anything new? Dran? Well, nothing new. Uh, old is new. I broke out my uh, Hobby Boss EMB three fourteen Super Tacano and. Uh, Started pressing on with that and getting it done. So I got all the paint done, the prop done. You know, it's looking just, sharp. Thanks, man. It's uh, been a lot of fun. Um, some pretty crazy colors <laughs> that I thought yeah, was. Yeah, those are interesting. Yeah, I thought it was going to be kind of, I don't know. It worked out better. It's tying itself in. I think the decals are really going to bring it together. But now that I got the uh, uh, de-ice boots all done and the prop done on there, you know, it's starting to kind of break up those colors a little bit. And it's, uh, it's looking pretty sharp. So, um, yep. Now, are the, you going to fade and shade it all or? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's looking nice, man. When you get yep. in there and start doing that. A little bit. Uh, and then. Adding some shadows. Yep. And then on that yeah. note, uh, I I started doing that to the uh, TA4J uh, from the group build. Uh, you know, I finished it up at Nats <laughs> to put on the table and it wasn't quite done. So I'm doing some. Uh, some weathering on it now and some post shading you know getting it ready for Roanoke here in a couple of weeks so what about the uh the a4f that you have over your lady jesse that's like just almost done right uh yeah as a matter of fact she's sitting right here staring at me <laughs> so <laughs> so i i've got to do the landing gear on it because i robbed from peter to pay paul on the landing yeah. gear once i get the landing gear done i can go ahead and push it across the finish line as well so that's kind of my goal right now uh, I've got three sitting here on the desk to get those done and then, uh, to move over to something else I've got on my, uh, my shelf. So I can oh. clean it off. That's my goal. Is it a race car? 
Yep. Well, I, now the now that car, that Salvino's car, was waiting on some stuff from Spot Model over in Spain. I was at a full stop because I needed some uh, detail stuff, and it came in while we were at Nats. So I can I can bust into that one now. That I got all my oh, parts pieces parts. Very yep. cool. A lot going on. All right, Scott. What you got working over there? Well, um, I spent a couple of days this past weekend um, fixing Robbie Knopf's, his A4. So, unfortunately, there were a lot of pieces that were broken off um, in the shipment. So, took it home and several antennas, nose gear, the nose gear strut, the... I, I robbed another um, a nose gear, I guess that centering strut or the mm-hmm. stabilizing strut. I put that on there. Some some pieces were just gone when we couldn't find them in the box. So the um, the nose gear, uh, the, that smaller um, landing gear door, made one of those and then re-glued the centerline tank, refueling probe, the main landing gear, support struts. And then there were, like I said, there were two or three antennas that I had to glue back and then sort of touch up and get it painted. But I think if we, if we do another uh, group A4 build, it'll certainly, you know, put it in there. If we, uh, maybe like the Roanoke show, we can, if we have an A4 group build, you know, so it looks, I mean, it looks good and I'm glad I was able to fix it. And then right now my bench is empty. I have, I have squirrels and thinking about maybe finishing up the EA6A cause it's in the paint stage. Um, but, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I might start something new. I'm def- I want to do an F-16 for, um, the San Marcos Air National Guard, the Texas Air National Guard jet, but, um, I, I can't, I mean, I've got markings, but I really wanted to do, um, an F-16 that has the GE motor. I just, I think it looks cool, um, with the big fat, you know, exhaust vice, the Pratt and Whitney. So, um, but we'll see, we'll see, um, what I end up doing, who knows? I might just pull another couple squirrels out and keep going. But probably, probably the E6A because it's like, like I said, it's already the white's already done. I just need to paint, start painting the gray, and then fiddles and decals and all that stuff. But we'll see. Not a whole lot right now. Awesome. Oh, Darren's showing his. Oh, that thing's that thing. Gaudy, I think, I, think uh, I just threw up in my mouth. That's uh, off. See, see, Darren, it's disgusting. I, I, don't do that. Oh my goodness. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta put up a, a picture of those. You gotta ask the the geeks. Hey guys, do you think I should do this and see what they say? So it's the 90th anniversary uh, F sixteen Fighting Falcon from the one forty seventh Fighter Group in Texas, Yellow Wing style, and uh, that's man, probably the worst. I love paint it. on a jet ever. Oh, see, it's horrible. Big and gaudy. I love it. Imagine being the pilot that's got to fly that thing. <laughs> Med down that day. Hey, am, am I do I have to go fly that one? I've yeah, got, I've got oh, the uh, the 65th anniversary, the 90th anniversary, and this one here is the 75th anniversary. So I got all the gaudy paint schemes. So it's gaudy. There was there's one. A, there's one that you had. It looked like the Chile flag. Uh, yeah, Chilean flag. Yes, Chilean flag. flag. Yeah, yeah. Texas. That that one's probably not as bad as the yellow one. It's cool. I mean, that one's bad, but it's not. It's not as bad. <laughs> Good luck painting that red and white. Oh, man. Down the center of the fuselage, too. Oh, man. I'll get it. I think that's going to be the one right there. Man. Going to be short. You do them all. Do them I all. should. I should. Are we, collection. Doing, a, yeah. are we doing a group action. build? Yeah. Are we going to do like, should we do like, no? 
I don't know. Like we a, talked about a group build again. Remember like Dave, International uh, Guard? Yeah. And, uh, Dave Knights talked us into an F uh, or a MIG killer. MIG killer. So he's already got yeah. his kit and decals, and he's getting started on it. All right, Whitey. What do you got going on over there? Uh, I'm back on the Kitty Hawk FJ2 Fury, getting that thing. Uh, I'm not going to rehash the whole paint issue I had, but I'm trying to uh, work past that. And I think my fix for it is I'm going to prime it or paint it with um, the MRP seemed to react well in areas that I had acrylic Tamiya flat black already painted, like around the cockpit. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to just paint the whole thing with uh, Tamiya dark blue, the uh, sea blue flat, and come back over that with with, uh, the MRP glossy blue. See See how that happens. See if that weird reaction fixes itself. I got a couple little experiments going. I took the uh, fuel tanks and I shot them with um, XF4, that uh, like stuff that looks like zinc chromate primer, uh, yeah. the yellow primer. Um, so I'm going to see if that, uh, how that works out on that just for, just for the hell of it. I just wanted to see how that would work. I might chip those a little bit too. So if I have some of those zinc chromate showing through on the fins and things like that. They look cool. Um, so that's what I'm back at. Uh, yeah. And that's it. That's, I'm not jumping into anything else till I'm done with that thing, man. I'm gonna, if it gives me fits, um, you know, I'll go to I'll go to stripping it and, and start over, man. Ah, I think it's looking so good too. Till you had your paint yeah. fiasco. Hmm. Well, as for me, I am back on the Tamiya P38J that uh, for our review build. Oh yeah, I have all the main construction is pretty much done. And so I got both booms on, the tail, the elevator. Wow. It's all ready to go. And I went ahead and took one of my Pro Modeler P47Ns, and I sacrificed it to be a paint mule for natural metal. And so I kind of like the way the AK Extreme Metal aluminum goes down. It goes down really nice. And I was thinking about using it with that. But then I don't know when I go to put a wash on what it's going to do. So MRP. MRP. Yeah, I got some of that too. I got like six or diff- six or eight different bottles of their metals, and uh, I'm just going to sit down and um, and have fun with it. It's, it's close to being, you know, getting ready to have paint on it, and uh, I'm kind of leaning towards doing a natural metal P38J. So, kind of taking my time on the seams, and you got it's not completely where all the pan- you know the panels fall on panel lines. You still got to do some sanding. And like right here on the uh, intakes on the side, the intercooler intakes, I guess there's one that because there's three pieces that make that up, and that top piece comes down, it joins right here, and there's no panel line there, so you've got to sand that off and that that rivet so detail right on that lower half. But what's the fit like once you drop some uh, extra thin in there? Is it pretty tight? Oh yeah, it's pretty tight. Yeah. You get in there and uh, you know it it falls together. It really does. Yeah. And that, I, know, huh? I was just going to say that I've sprayed some of that extreme metal before and it does spray cause it's enamel. So it does spray like butter. And I was, I was blown away at how nice yep. the um, problem is. I like to use enamel washes. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. So I use it on the wheel wells. So the wheel wells yeah. are done in that extreme metal over straight bare plastic yep. and it went down good. Yeah, man. And so just working on that. And then, uh, 
after that, I don't know. I got to see what I want. I kind of want to do a, a MiG-31, but I just finished two Russian airplanes before this one. And so kind of figuring out if I want to get back into another Russian airplane. All right. Well, before we move on to Geeks News, let's take a minute and hear from our proud sponsors over at Detail and Scale. Hey there, Model Geeks. Rock Rosak of Detail and Scale here, talking about the 14th volume in the Detail and Scale series, F-14 Tomcat in Detail and Scale, by Hagen Klaus. The book chronicles the origins, development, and production history of the Tomcat, and also gives a thorough overview of the operational history of the swing-wing fighter. Additionally, it provides a detailed look at the main Tomcat variants, the F-14A, F-14A+, F-14B, F-14B Upgrade, and the Ultimate F-14D. And speaking of details, the book follows all that with the hallmark of the Detail Scale series, the Tomcat Details Chapter, with over 230 high-resolution color photos showing every aspect of the F-14, including its armament and external stores. All of this is followed by the comprehensive modeler section that looks at the F-14 kits available to the scale modeler. There is no better reference anywhere for modeling the F-14 Tomcat than this book. F-14 Tomcat in detailed scale sells for $12.99 in its digital editions, while the print book sells for $19.99. Visit our website at www.detailandscale.com for more information. And now, back to the Model Geeks podcast. All right. Thanks, Rock. And moving on, let's go hear some geek, geek news. D-Ran, what you hear? Anything good? You know, the the biggest thing I had was the crowd that was gathered around the Edward stand at Nats scooping up. Hot off the presses, day. baby. Scooping them up. They were scooping them up. After an hour of waiting. And then the they next were. day, you could get them in five minutes. <laughs> That's right. I know, man. Me yeah. and Phil got, I got sucked into that friend. I yeah, we did too. Well, I was like, man, I don't want a wildcat. What do I want a wildcat yeah. for? Yeah. And I see this crowd building. I'm like, I got to get a wildcat. <laughs> those cases out and started boxing them up. And I was like, oh, this right is going to be wicked. I know, and man. Everybody was talking about how they, uh, they sold out of the Chattanooga choo-choos, right? Boom, 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 yep. gone. They still had wildcats. Oh, man, they had a ton of the them. The last day. Yep. So that's that was the biggest thing for me. The biggest new thing there for a little. Hey, Scott, what about you, man? Have you heard anything? Well, uh, we talked about it before, but I just peed the tea, at least on the pre-order for that, the Zokimura um, F4G. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Got about you know, that one. Yeah, I, I, that's, I don't know. I, I haven't really, I mean, other than like at Nats, I mean, seeing the stuff that was there, I, I don't know, there were, I haven't really seen or done any real research to see what else has kind of popped up. That's kind of new. I think there was a big push before Nats to get stuff out. Maybe, I don't know, but I'm still waiting for the Airfix 24 scale, uh, Mark nine to come out. I thought that was supposed to already be out. Um, I guess I hmm. missed the boat on that one. I just, I thought it was already supposed to be out. And then there was a, uh, I also pre-ordered though. This is back in like December. I pre-ordered the new Zokimura. 32nd scale, I think it's like a, is it a G14 maybe? It's like the Hartman's plane. 
And I still haven't, I still haven't got that one. So actually, I know uh, it takes, takes a while, but yeah, I, I did the uh, G, the uh, F4G as well. I got one for uh, Carlos Danger too. Cool. Forgot about that. Shipping was a lot though. Yeah. It's like yeah, 30 it bucks or something for the cheapest shipping, but I was like, nah, oh well, try to get one. I know. I'll wait till they're available yeah. on the street. We are smart, Whitey. I'm not. No, yeah, that's what I'm going to do, dude. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. But that is the version I'm looking forward to building. Yeah, man. All right, Whitey, what have you heard on the streets? Um, you know what? Nothing really. I Like I said, coming back, I've been busy with work all week. Haven't had time to goof off on the internet and see what's coming. <laughs> really haven't heard many new announcements. Usually I'll roll through Facebook and you'll see like new announcements coming. And of course, there was announcements at the show with Kinetic and everything. I'll let you cover that. Um, and a few other uh, things popping up. But um, no, nah, I mean, the G the, being ready for pre-order was kind of a surprise that when that popped the other day. Uh, but I didn't pull the T on one yet. I'll wait. I don't want to pay 30 bucks for shipping. I'm cheap. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Well, uh, as for me, you know, Kinetic announced that the NAS that their C17 and uh, 72 scale is going to be out in 2023 now. So they're going, they're pressing on with it and it is going to be out next year. And uh, our good friend Dave Roof over at uh, Flying Leathernecks Decals um, acquired the vinyl line from Darren Roberts and what used to be Steel Beach. So a lot of his vinyl products are going to be reappearing under the Flying Leathernecks brand. Cool. And uh it's so I kind of, you know, talking to, you know, Rock over at Detail and Scale, and I was asking them, you know, hey, how's the show for you guys? And he gave me some numbers that just amazing. He said they brought 24 different books with them, various quantities. They sold out of 14 of them. Wow. And only have one or two copies left of the remaining titles left. Holy and goodness. And he was saying they sold so many that on the spot there at the Nats, they had to do another order to make sure they would have enough stock to take with them to go to Roanoke. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Yeah. Well, so it was really good. He was saying, scale. like, you know, they had no idea that Eduard was releasing that Wildcat at the show. And that just meant. Yep. People went from standing in line over there to coming over to their table and scooping up those Wildcat books. Yep, they sure so that did. was a boom for them right there, man. Those things were gone. Yeah, that and, and 14 think, book who went. Yeah, as you say, the, the Tomcat books, though, those they just sell. Yep. You know, when they're done well, like they do them, and with Hagen, do, I mean, they're just just line up the dough and let them go. Line up and, the dough uh, and let them go. Yeah. <laughs> and the last thing I had was um, Furball is re-releasing his Killer Whale sheet. And his uh, F21 as re-releases and has the color and markings effort that he's done with detail and scale for the SBDs. So he has those coming out as well as some new markings for F15 A, C, Ds, and Es. So a lot of good decal sheets are hitting the streets here in the future. All right. So now moving on, everybody, you know, went to the Nats. So let's hear the Nats halls. What everybody buy. D-Ran, what'd you get? Halls. Well, I ended up picking up an Edelary 172nd scale MH53 Echo. For I thought it was a, I thought it was a, like a, it wasn't an MH47. <laughs> that's what the side the box says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the box you're is like, a hey, keeper. You're like, hey, check out this 53 you got. I was like, MH47. 47. 
What the hell's that? Yeah. Well, I got like a fit anyway. Twelve bucks free. Twelve that is free. 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 Yep. yep. So, uh, the I got an Arma Hobby, one seventy second scale KI eighty four. Nice kit. Nice little seventy second kit for our group built in the club. A couple of Duke Hawkins books. Um, I got the A four and the SU twenty two fitter book. Pretty cool cool stuff and then tools tools and more tools um can never have too many tools can't have too many of them i did make a trade with frildo for something he bought but we'll save that for his turn and i'll let him talk about that but uh yep that's what i got cool scott what'd you get man you know i didn't i didn't really how many I mean, <laughs> I, man, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't get any. I even I scooped those any. up. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see any of them. Um, but I did get, of course, I, I got in with the, as soon as I could, made my way over to the Edward table and picked up the Wildcat. And um, I guess it was like a dual combo um, Spitfire Mark V. Um, and I think I waited in line for like an hour, but it was fun. You know, we were sitting there talking to folks and, it was a lot, it was a good time, and then I picked up uh, a, another Hasegawa um, forty-eight scale F-16B because you got you always got to buy one of those. I pay like ten dollars for it too, still in the wrapper, so it's good. Which it'll stay in the wrapper. That's free. Yep. And then um, let's see what else. I got three Duke Hawkins books as well: F-16, SU-35, SU-22. I got it's a W. The name of the company is WWP, and it's um. It's a Spitfire Mark Nine, like in detail book. Oh man, it's it's really cool. I did. I also got one of those Arma Hobby seventy second scale Ki eighty fours for our anything other than a zero um, or not a zero Japanese build for a club. So, and I looked at that kit and I, I was like, "It's crazy how nice it is." I mean, I can't barely, I can hardly see it, but it looked from what I saw, what I could see, it looked nice. God bless you, 70-second scale builders. More power to you. And uh, let's see what else. Yeah, so, again, other than the all that other stuff. Oh, oh, yeah. Big thank you. So, okay. Big thank you to George um, and to Mia for um, donating the P38Js to us geeks. Um, I just, uh, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much. Um, I think we're all... I can, say that we were very humbled and, and honored to ha- to have those um, given to us and we'll build them with pride and hopefully we'll be able to um, display them. But yeah, that was a it, big surprise. Yeah. Huge yeah, surprise. Yes, so thank you so much, George and to me. Appreciate it. Yep. Very much. And uh, to me rules. And that's, that was my haul from, from Nats. Awesome. All right. Whitey, what'd you bring home? All right. As mentioned, I, Grabbed a wildcat like everyone, like just about 500 other people. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to building it though. I was checking it out when I got home, and uh, I mean, it's just a great looking kit. I'm really looking forward to the FM2 coming out because that's my favorite version of the wildcat. Uh, but anyway, yeah, after that, then I uh, it, really, I, I didn't go as crazy as I thought I might. I spent a lot of money somehow though. Um, that TA3B I picked up. That was a nice score. I've been looking for one of those and got that as, at a really decent price from one of the vendors, one of the private vendors. And that is the one that um, 
Darren Roberts, uh, expert on the uh, naval variants of the of the uh, of the uh, Sky Warrior. Um, he was like, "Yeah, that's the one you want to do a proper EA three B." So I, I, I've been wanting to do an EA three B for a while, and that's the one you want to get because there's no Bombay. It has the proper door on the side with the window configuration, uh, but it does require some modification. And um, I, you know, picked up his uh, canoe panel for the underside, and also the boat tail years ago when he first released those things. Right now, I don't think you know. Good luck finding those things. But um, anyway, gonna gonna do a TA three B with that thing, um, and then also an Airfix chipmunk I picked up. Uh, I like the, love those little British trainers. Airfix uh, does a nice job with them, and um, so I grabbed one of those. Looks like that, that'll be, in my head, I'm kind of like, oh, that's a good weekend build right there, that kid. You know, slap it together, shoot it with some Tammy AS-12 silver lacquer, just out the door. Um, and then I picked up, you know, God knows, I dug through a million boxes of aftermarket items, resin stuff, and uh, photo etch sets and things like that. Um, that I picked up, just various things. Um, the one decal sheet is all I got. That F-16 one that you uh, led me over to, that was uh, with the top gun with the F-16 ends on it. So I've been looking at that. That was a fight of town sheet. That's pretty yeah. hard to find. So I uh, <clears throat> picked up that. Yeah. And then, you know, speaking of the Nats, the Nats decal sheet this year was really cool too, if you're an aviation guy. Um, you know, next year, I'm, I'm definitely going to have the uh, that F-82 set of markings up on that sheet. It's going to go on my, my F-82 for sure. Cool. And that's it. That's my haul, man. It's not too bad. Adding a lot of beer calories. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was looking at mine, and I'm like, man, what all, you know, did I get? And like everybody else at the show, went and got one of the Edward um, F4F3 Wildcats, like everybody and their brother, fresh from off the presses, being boxed right there on the spot. I got us a bunch of aftermarket stuff that I was just looking for, tow tractors, utility carts, and I'm looking at my stash, and I have two Tamiya P38GHs, and I want to take one, and I'm um, CMK. They have a conversion to make a F5, the photo reconnaissance lightning, and so I grabbed one of those to turn one of those into a, uh, a photo recon lightning. I think it was kind of cool. And Warbird Press. I love their books, man. And I was going around looking through their stack, and they had the, uh, they said they brought two of them, but I got the last one of their A3 Sky Warrior book, Warpaint series book. And uh, so I Ooh, picked, I might need to borrow that. Yeah, man. Well, you know, you know where it is. And, uh, and I don't know what, I mean, I walked around six times, I guess, before I finally came to the realization. But for some reason, I bought a Ryfield Models 135th Panzer IV. It's got some kind of weird armor. I forgot what it's called. It's got some weird armor on it. It looked kind of cool. And I was like, eh, you know, what the heck? You only young once. So I grabbed that. And like how Darren alluded to earlier, I traded the 148 scale Tamiya F117 with the black box cockpit and a Verlinden detail set for his kinetic 124 scale P47D Razorback because I love the P47. So uh, thank you, Darren. You're welcome. I will build that. And uh, yeah, I think I only picked up, I think, two decal sheets and they were both P38s because I was kind of on the fence if I wanted to do an olive drab and neutral gray. 
on this one or stick with the natural metal. So I have options now. So that's it. That's all I picked up. All right. And moving on, we're going to shows and contests. And uh, we'll wait and give our Nats recap toward the end with our main topic. So, But coming up in just a little over two weeks' time, we have the Virginia shootout in Salem or Roanoke, Virginia on August 13th. I can't wait. And after the, yeah. Well, I told you guys I'm not going to be able to make it. So that's kind of bummed. That sucks. I know. It's a good it show. Does. It is a good show. And then after that one, we got PenCon 2022 in Carlisle, PA on September 10th, that weekend. And then right up the road, we got MarauderCon coming up October 22nd. And as far as PaxCon, we're still in our planning stages, getting a little closer. And uh, I guess we got to have one of those planning meetings here pretty soon. I think we're due for one. Yeah, we are, man. Um, I feel like I've fallen off the rails with that one, man. I got to engage the compass on that that for sure, especially nailing down the, the judging, man. Oh, boy. Keep it simple, folks. But yeah, you know, that's that's that yeah. that's my focus right now with that. And move after that, we've got. I think that's the. I think that's it for like this year. And then of course, after that, we'll have the Richmond show in February, and that will take us into early twenty twenty three. Yeah, I heard some rumblings that it might be at a different venue. I don't know yeah. how true that is, but I heard the price of the venue that it's always been at right there at the the Race Richmond track. that Raceway Theater that or the raceway track or whatever you call it. What? I don't know whatever the official name is. Sorry. Yeah. Rich, car folks are Richmond international raceway. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, yeah, I just, it's going to be weird not having it there. Yeah. It is. Where, did, did they talk about, I can't remember if they talked about where I think they just said, eh, probably not there. Yeah. I think they said they're looking for yeah. other places. So stay tuned. We'll be sure to update that once we hear something. And before we go on to our hobby shop shout outs and our tool and tip of the episode, D-Ran, why don't you tell us about our Patreon? My pleasure, Frollo. We, the geeks, would like to thank all of you, the listeners, for your continued support. We would also like to ask that if you enjoy listening to the show and would like to further support us in our endeavor to promote the scale modeling hobby, then please take a moment and head over to our Model Geeks Patreon page. There, you can donate anything from dollar on up, and every penny goes to help offset our production costs. If Patreon isn't your cup of tea, then you can make a one-time donation by visiting our PayPal Me page. This can be done by simply clicking the heart icon at the top right corner of our homepage, and that will take you directly to our PayPal Me page. Please note, donations are not in any way a requirement. We will continue to work hard to deliver the best scale modeling content that we can. So, once again, I'd like to say thank you to you all for downloading and listening. All right. Thanks, Darren. Well, for, as far as hobby shop shout-outs go, I really haven't don't have one. I don't know if you guys have one. I was going to call out the NAS vendors area because that's like the biggest hobby shop for four days we were just at. So, kits galore. All right. Oh, that was easy. And while I was looking around coming up for an idea for the tool or tip of the episode, 
I was sitting here and I happened, I had to move some of these out of the way to get something. And I was like, oh, right there. That's perfect. There's my, there's my tip of the episode. And I know we've all have them, but especially, um, Ares, their photo etch sets, or no, it's not their photo etch sets, but their resin stuff, their resin cockpits and stuff come in those plastic blister packs. Well, what I do is I'll take it and I'll cut off the bottom blister part where the resin cockpit was and that clear top part. I'll use that as my glue palette that I'll have down on the bench. So when I put super glue down or something, I have something to put that on. And when it gets junked up, I can just toss it in the trash and the blister pack makes a good little, little caddy or holder for like whatever little parts or something or you're working on a build you can put in a box and it'll help keep things together. And so that's a neat that's little my, tip, man. Yeah. So that's my tip of the episode. I kind of like doing that. Cause it's kind of nice. Cause you go through like when you clean like smaller parts up, it keeps them from getting lost. So yeah. you can drop them right in there and you keep it on your bench and you're always cognizant of it. Yep. Good stuff. All right. Now going on to our next section. Everybody's favorite, mail call. Mail call. Our first email comes from Bob Bear of Charlotte, North Carolina. We all got to meet him, and he is known as the voice of Bob. And he was saying, hey, just, you know, great meeting us. And he had a great time at the Nats. And something about his hand recovered from the last handshake or something. I don't know. (laughs) And then another email came from John Petrosky and it was about U S Navy kill markings in world war two. Cause he was saying there's some pictures where he saw kill boards on the side of a fuselage on both sides. And sometimes there was none at all. And you know, like, you know, and how often were they like, when did they get updated? You know, and that looking around, and of course, I guess it just depends on the squadron and whatever the pilot wanted. If he wanted it on both sides of his airplane, he would tell the plane captain, hey, I want them on both sides of my airplane. And normally they're on the left side because for photo opportunities and stuff like that, that's always the side that's really photographed. And so you can see the kill markings. And then too, you know, the, he could have been flying a different airplane at that time. So you got to kind of watch you know, find out what airplane was actually his to see if the kill markings are correct on the fuselage. And so, you know, it's pretty much all about the plane captain and squadron SOP, you know, whatever squadron COs allowed their pilots to do. So, John, thanks for the email. And then Kit Heedley sent us another email about something near and dear to Scott. And I'll let Scott talk about that one. Yeah, thanks, Rildo. So, uh, Kit sent. Yeah, you know, we were kind of going back and forth a little bit about um, with his with email, and uh, just you know, it's great uh, sending emails back and forth and talking about uh, the particular email. The one he's asking about is he he wants to build a, a fifty three, and I don't know if you guys have seen on YouTube. There's a, I think if you if you type in like the search function, just put like. Uh, max performance takeoff uh, H53 or something like that and it'll pop up and there's a there's a video it's only like maybe a 10 or 15 second clip of a, of a, of a 53 it's a marine 53 and I think it's a CH53 echo and so he, he pops up just briefly into a hover like for a nanosecond and then rotates 
um, rotates that stick forward, pulls a ton of collective, and then it looks like almost stands at, you know, almost 90 degrees. And um, so he was asking once to build a model of that. And so he was asking about coning angles and coning max coning deflection with the blades and where would the collective be, where would the cyclic be, crews in the back. And so we had a really good discussion. And just for all the the listeners, the bottom line is when you watch that video, like that is, that's an aircraft that is super light on gas, nothing in the back. And I mean, your margin of error for pulling off a maneuver like that. I mean, and me as a Navy guy, if I ever did that, man, I would get my wings pulled because <laughs> that's probably, I would think that those are probably like, you know, uh, whether that they're just trying to kind of look cool, but I don't see where you would ever need to pull that extreme of a max performance takeoff. Now we used to do max performance takeoffs, but we wouldn't dip the nose over where the blades are coming within, you know, feet of touching the ground. Like, um, but we'd practice like if you have, um, if you're dropping stuff off and you need to, whether, you know, there's a clearance that, yeah, an obstacle that you have to clear, or if you, you want, you want to, you're heavy. So you've got to remain in ground effect. So you'll kind of accelerate, uh, remaining close to the ground so that you can gain some speed and still have that cushion of air before you start to, um, you know, start to climb up in a way you've got to have forward airspeed to help you. So bottom line is it's a really cool maneuver. I never did that crazy type of maneuver in the, in the Navy. Um, but we had a really good discussion about, you know, how to, how to, um, what kind of blade angle, because it's called coning when you see the blades kind of start to curve upwards, it just, you know, that just means it's a, it's a maximum amount of pressure or force or lift being, uh, distributed among the blades, um, you know, kind of equally. And I could go into it for hours about the arrow, but the bottom line is yes, the blades are designed to do that because think about it, a, a 53 H 53 blade like that only weighs about 400 pounds. And then there's seven of them and it's supporting a 70,000, roughly 70,000 pound helicopter. So they're, they're going to bend. Um, if you put a max collective pull like that and push that cyclic forward yeah, man, the aircraft is, it's robust. So it's, you can't really do that with just any helo because you'll rip the gearbox out. <laughs> but the 53 has got, you know, enough power and the transmission and the gearboxes are are built to take those kind of the torque. So uh, any other aircraft that I flew, um, if you ever pulled a ton of collective like that, push the nose over, you're going to over torque it. Um, and then you spend a lot of time in front of the skipper and in front of the mo and the aircraft stays in maintenance and doesn't get flown for a while. So, um, but to answer the, really, I think the brunt of Kit's question was how do you model that? And so my recommendation to him was make sure when it, I would put the nose no more than 45 degrees down and you can use a hairdryer to help bend those blades. Uh, he had mentioned he was using boiling water, which can work, but uh, you can use a hairdryer and just slowly as you're, as you're blowing the hairdryer over the, the blade slowly, gently just kind of try to bend it up. Um, and then try to get that nice, um, the, the coning angle, um, with all seven of the blades and then, you know, just have the collective all the way up the cyclic all the way forward. Don't forget about right pedal. If you want to get really down in the weeds, just because of the torque, whenever you, whenever you pull up on the collective, um, with a, a rotor system that turns, um, you know, I guess the blades are moving to the left or it's turning counterclockwise. Um, the, the nose is when you pull up on the collective, the nose is automatically going to want to go to the left. Now you have coupling that'll help 
prevent that. But when you pull that much collective and that much power is being applied, that much torque, you're going to need to put right pedal in to keep the nose straight. So, so collective full up, cyclic forward, all, you know, right pedal. And then there's the crew chief is in the back. I'd strap him down in the seat and then use a hair dryer to help bend those blades. Um, so you can get that cool coning angle. And other than that, it was a great email. Um, sorry for going on with a novel here, the answer, but you know, we had a good discussion back and forth. We're able to talk helicopter stuff and, uh, thanks Kit for the, for the email. If you got any more questions, man, just, just shoot them my way. So, so there you go, Frildo back over to you. Sorry for the, for going on. Nah, nah, no worry. Um, well, since you're going on about the 53 stuff, why don't you go ahead and answer that one from Joe Chenard as well, asking about, he says he understands the 5% paint to 95% thinner ratio, but he was asking about what size needle tip in your airbrush and the post-it note streaking. If you could post pictures on the Facebook page of that. Yeah, man. I, I think the best thing to do is to give him the copy of the, uh, we'll just emailing him a copy of the, how to, you know, paint the modern Navy tactical paint scheme. Cause it'll, it'll have pictures for you so you can see, but you know, I tried to answer his email, but the bottom line is that, you know, I, I do use several different airbrushes whenever I'm painting, but when I'm going to do the streaking in particular, um, with the really thin, uh, black Brown to me, a mix, or just even just black, um, I like to use the Badger 150. And I, and, and I like to use an old Badger 150, the one that has that little set screw in the front. So then you can set the trigger. And the reason why I like that vice, I know that, you know, you can use a dual action, but then you're introducing a couple of, as you're trying to streak, you have to, on a dual action, you'd have to push down on the trigger, pull back to the right uh, desired, I guess, diameter of the spray that you want, and then move quickly over the surface and to do that very quickly it's it's hard to do so i found it easier to either a use a single action airbrush where all i have to do is press down on the on the trigger or use the badger 150 where i can use that little set screw that will set the trigger so as soon as i depress the trigger it's essentially it's a single action airbrush and so you just you know start as you start spraying with the streaking and you lay the the post-it note down on say like the if you're going to streak you know aft of say a flap so you'd lay it on you laid the post-it note down on that the leading part of the panel line of the flap and then you just start the spray on the um post-it note and then just move aft quickly and then release the trigger once you're off the the model take some practice to do but um i can post some pictures and show you what i think i had sent some pictures to him as well um to joe if those didn't work for you let me know but um, you know, happy to, to talk through if you need more. It's really pretty simple. You just have to practice. So grab a mule, grab a post-it note and, um, and just start playing with it. And I think that you'll find that, um, it's really pretty easy to do. Um, the, the trickiest part, the hardest part is getting all the streaks in the same line so that they're not cattywampus and they're not, some are diagonal, some are straight, some are crooked. Then it looks kind of hokey. So, that's where the tricky part is, is being able to streak it and make it straight or at least the going in the direction that you want it to. So again, grab your mule, throw some paint on it and practice. But thanks again for the email, Joe. Appreciate it. And if you got more questions, just let me know. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. And uh, we got our first international email. 
for this episode, and it is from uh, Martin Holst from Holland. And he says that he is getting back into the hobby after about 15, 20-year pause. And he started with some World War II airplanes in 72 scale. And he says, my sincere apologies. <laughs> and uh, he's like, and he threw, he sent us some pictures of his recently completed Arma Hobby F4F Wildcat, which looks stunning, by the way. You can never tell that he took a 15, 20 year pause from the hobby and just looks stunning. And his question is, he says that our podcast has really inspired him to have a go at some jets. And he picked up recently the trumpeter uh one 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 forty four scale f fourteen d tomcat and the seventy two scale i b g models mig twenty nine ghost of kiev edition with two ukrainian marking options and he says the mig sprues look awesome and he was wondering if we had any general tips or do's and don'ts about building jet fighters and you know, just take your time. The only thing I really think of as jet fighter is the intake. Unless you're going to use an intake plug, the intake will stand out pretty predominantly on a jet fighter. And dry fit, dry fit, dry fit, and take your time on the intakes to make sure you get a seamless intake as possible. And you can go out there and on the interwebs, on YouTube, and there's different ways that you can attempt to try and get a seamless intake. One of them is using the pour method where you take the white latex kills paint and you pour it down the intake and you let it fill and you let it drain out and just good old fashioned elbow grease and sandpaper. So I don't know. You guys got anything else for him? I, I think um, the only one thing about modern stuff is all the fiddly bits pylons, antennas, weapons, gear doors, actuators, we all that stuff. It's just start working on that stuff early. So then when you get to the, cause that's, a, those are also called mojo suckers. <laughs> yeah, so, man. yeah. So do those like Philly bits. Yeah. Get, get the, get that stuff done early. Paint those, the clear parts early, paint the ordnance and the struts and the actuators and the gear doors. Bang seats. Yeah, man, get the banks. Yeah, get all that crap done early, man. Don't glue it on. Just, just get it painted early. Whitey, Darren, you guys got anything for him? Um, let's see. Yeah, one one hundred and forty-four scale. Is that, is that what he's? Yeah, that uh, trumpeter. Oh, F fourteen D. I don't know. Go. I don't know. Go easy on the paint. Yeah, that scale, I guess. Well, I think the panel lines are kind of thick, so. Yeah, a little bit. So I'm doing the EA6B, right? And uh, I'm learning at the same time. So I, I really got nothing here. <laughs> I'll let you know after I get done painting and uh, detailing. So cool. Well, there you go, Martin. If you have any kind of specific questions or anything like that, feel free to reach out to us, send us another email, or hit us up on Facebook. All right. And the next email we got comes from our good friends, Team Knopfel. And it was a great time hanging out with those guys at Nats and they echo that. And they say that uh, it was great to hang out with us at the nationals. And they said, we hope all, we all had good trips home and the weather didn't mess with our flight too much. Man, I think we had, we had smooth sailing on our end. Yeah. And those uh, are great. Good, good people. Uh, yeah, Dan, and, Dan and his wife, Carrie there and uh, the son, Hank, uh, fun to talk to. 
And I'm no, sorry, we were, Dan was out late night with us up at the. He was. He was. The, yeah, he was. <laughs> and uh, I'm was sorry, fun. Carrie, for offering Hank beer at the awards presentation. <laughs> we found that when after he was announced <laughs> that that Hank won an award. <laughs> sorry, yeah. sorry. Congratulations to Hank. You know, he won congratulations. Two, two he awards, did, yeah. didn't he? I think I believe he did. Yeah. Nice work, man. Good job, Hank. <laughs> and. uh a, thanking us, he thanked Dan. Thanks us for organizing the A4 group build. He said it would have been great to see it placed, but he understands that like the other models that were in that category were just awesome. Oh man, and group builds! Group builds yeah. is about the fun, man. Yep, and that's it for us. <laughs> oh, and he also says that uh, Hank is interested in coming on the show, and he says that with him and Carrie on the other side of the house, they he feels that that Hank might open up. So. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for writing in. It was great again. It was great hanging out with you and the family. And we had a blast and we look forward to doing it again. You know, piggybacking off of uh, the Knopfel family's email, let's say a special shout out to our good friend, Derek Post, who has written in to us before. And we had the privilege of meeting him at the Nats. And uh, he even hung out with the geeks a couple nights. And uh, the last night after the award ceremony, um, Derek came up to me and and he gifted us, all four of us, we got a bottle of 12-year McCollin double cask scotch, blue label. Yep, thanks, Derek. And that is one hell of a gift, which, you know, for me, that kind of was like, you know, play, getting an award at the Nats is awesome. But meeting the people, and when you get stuff like this, it kind of drives it home for you. and. You know, Derek, again, I'm, we're, we're speechless. We thank you for your generous gift, and we will enjoy it. Fly Navy. Oh, yeah, man. I'll even take a sip. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Derek. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Derek. Again, our next email comes from Patrick Neff. And if my memory serves me correctly, I believe he was the F-16 driver that we met in Vegas when he was out there. Him and his uh, wingman were out there at uh, well, the base out there doing stuff. Nellis. Nellis. There you go. Slipped my mind. I've had a few beers. And uh, <laughs> he sends us an email saying that he is now stationed at Homestead. And he was wondering if we knew of any clubs out that way. And the only thing I couldn't think of any. I know there's some in Orlando. What them Best Flight 19 Day. guys? Aren't they down that way? No, they're in like, well, Fort Lauderdale area, I guess, which is Miami, I guess, close enough. Yeah. But that might be a hike for him. But hey, I told like anything him, else. Yeah, yeah that's ahead. true. Yeah, I just kind of told him to check the IPMS USA website and that if he's got, and if you didn't find any there and there's enough interest, start, you know, start a club. That's what, that's what we did here in PAC. So, you know, start him up a club. So it was good getting an email from him. So thank you, Patrick. All right. And our next email comes from Ken Beckler of the Jack Wallets. I know I'm a butcher in that and I apologize. Polish Coast, Coast Watchers Club in Peoria, Illinois. And he like he wants to say thank you to all of you for suggesting the detail and scale with the super fast next day delivery on the FA Crusader book and so that he is actively using it on his 148 scale monogram F8. Says he's dropping the flaps and slats, kicking the wing up and scratch building the underwing compartment and he's hoping to pull it off. And he's that uh, the detail and scale book has been invaluable to him. And he says, also per our suggestion, 
furball decals for my just finished monogram F105. He says that we swabbies rock and thanks a million. <laughs> thanks for the email, Ken. You, you rock too. Our next email comes from Ryan Witt, and he asks a question about holding models for painting and working on them while they're on the bench. And I know some of us, like I know Darren uses one of those uh, wooden stand jigs to sometimes, and I have one of those Tamiya paint stands that I'll use every now and again, but I also use a t-shirt that I'll fold up that I can position the model in different ways. I don't, you know, because I kind of, once I get, I'm like Whitey, once I get paint on a model, I try not to be, cog- I try to be cognizant of not touching the model with my bare hands because then you got the oils and whatever else from your hands and get on your model. And uh, if you're going to handle it after it's been painted, use some latex gloves or some of those cotton gloves you can get on Micromark. That seems to work. What about you guys? Well, you mentioned I have one of those uh, wooden stands. I, I use it every now and again. It really all depends on what I'm doing. And nine times out of 10, I end up putting a t-shirt around the areas that are going to touch uh, the model. Anyhow, when I, it's those are kind of cool because it gets up a little bit higher, especially when I'm putting decals on or something, because I can lay it kind of on its side with the wing down. Um, but I've gotten into more just sitting it on a, a t-shirt or, a, you know, a sponge pad type uh, deal now. So it all depends on what I'm doing. It depends. I like the Tamiya stand that has the adjustable wire arms yeah well those work real good on car bodies too yes and building this tamiya p38 you have to put the door actually the gear and the door actuators in when you build the wheel wells and to keep it from you know sitting on the ground while you're building it i just put it on that and it keeps that up off the ground and prevents me from banging the door actuators and stuff off while i'm building it so yeah, as soon as I as soon as paint starts going on the model, I don't touch it with my hands. Period. Ever. It's just your the oils in your skin and the friction, but of grabbing it over and over and over and holding it, you're going to rub paint off, even if it's lacquer. It's just you just you know, and of course I'm spraying Gunsy Aqueous, so it's really soft. But I just from early on, I you start painting it, hold it with a t-shirt, or I just have one of those either a latex glove sometimes. Um, but most of the time I've just got a cotton glove, little cotton white glove that I use or a t-shirt, um, that I'm just resting it on, but I don't ever touch it with my hands. Now, Whitey had a good tip about using those white cotton gloves. What was that tip you had, Whitey? I don't know. Remind me. Didn't you say something <laughs> about like taking sandpaper or sanding stick? Oh, yeah, yeah, the... right. Cause when you first get them, they're really slick, man. Yeah. You know? Uh, so I usually take a, uh, a piece of clean sandpaper. So you don't get debris in, the, in all over them, and uh, I'll, I'll just kind of r- rough up the fingertips, you know, so you can get it. So so they're not so as slippery. And yeah, I mean, I haven't used a new one in a while because the ones that I have, I just wash them and reuse them. But yeah, they they are. I remember that. I mean, you know, I don't know. A couple of years ago, whenever I I got a whole pack like off of Amazon or whatever, but they were a couple of times they were. They were slick, man. Yeah. You'd feel the model just slip. Just that, just this. Oh, man. <laughs> Seat cushion. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's not cool. That's a, that, that'll wake you up. <laughs> Especially yeah, if it's a heavy head. model. Like when yeah, I was man. doing the, the uh, C-130, the 48 scale oh, C-130, I was yeah. using that to hold in. That thing was like slipping. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's why I, personally, I like uh, nitrile gloves for me yeah. or, or, my, or what I get. Um, 
after COVID, those things have gotten expensive, like most everything else. But I found a, um, if you got like a, what's that store? My wife goes to, she's a, she's a bargain hunter, big lots, big lots down the road from us, uh, in the sketchy neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> big, big lots um, and Ollie's both. Ollie's. That's the one I'm thinking about. Ollie's. Yeah, Ollie's. I was in there one day and they had them for seven bucks. Oh, wow. Box. So I, 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 wow. I bought like five boxes of the thing. Heck Yeah. <laughs> Ladies looking at me like I was running a math lab, but I was like, no, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you weren't my, su- weren't, weren't my, my Sudafed. So. <laughs> hey, man, you got any more of these gloves in the back, man? <laughs> Are you kidding? Because, you know, I was down that way again like two weeks later because the well shop's down there where I swap out my CO2. And so I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to bop into Ollie's real quick to see if they still have any more of those gloves left because they were seven bucks a whack, you know? Yeah, hundred bucks of a hundred. And so I bought like five more and it was the same girl at the checkout counter. And she was looking at me, she's like, you're back again buying these things. And I'm like, I promise I'm not running a meth lab. <laughs> I was like, I use them for my hobby stuff. That's funny. <laughs> so there you go, Ryan. There's, that's what the geeks do. And our last emails come from Bill Hill and John Keeling. And they were just asking for copies of the painting modern TPS schemes. Or the brief that you know the brief that we put out the Nats, and so we will get those out to you fellas. All right. Well, thank you everybody for writing in, sending us an email, or dropping us a line on our Facebook page. If you have a question, show suggestion, or just want to say you're tuning in, feel free to toss us a message at contact at modelgeekspodcast.com or hit us up on our Facebook page. And before we move on to our main topic, let's bring in Darren with some new hot off the press geeks news i yeah well I, I can't believe we didn't talk about it before but um one of the things i picked up and actually nemo's got it now because it was a little bit big like i know it goes with my red star from bases by bill i stole it he stole it yep um had a chance to talk with uh bill while we were out at nats did y'all see all the stuff he had oh yeah yeah he's got good stuff man yeah, it really does. Well, I'm I'm excited to say that they are one of the newest sponsors of the Model Geeks podcast. So if you've ever struggled with how to display your contest model or, or any project you've completed after many years of work, or, or how about uh, protecting a model that maybe you've built for a family member or a veteran, Bases by Bill has the solution. They, they, they literally have museum-quality display cases that are amazing, and they're, they're the perfect way to protect and enhance uh, your, your model, be it on the contest table or as a, a display for family. Uh, built by Modelers for Modelers, Bases by Bill, uh, their display cases are available for any type of model and pretty much for any size. Uh, you contact them and they'll work with you uh, on a custom case. Uh, so check out their website at Bases by Bill to see uh, their, their range of Astro cases. They have like 18 different sizes. Uh, or you can get your own custom display case built there. Uh, they can give you a quote for that as well. Uh, that's basesbybuild.com. Uh, check them out. And don't forget, use the code GEEKS at checkout to apply a 10% listener discount to your uh, order. Uh, that code, again, is GEEKS for 10% off. That's awesome, man. So uh, there you go. Basis by Bill for all your uh, your model display case needs. Check them out. Man, those are some nice products. Yeah, they are. Really well, nice. I, huh. I'm really, I'm really excited about, uh, about it. I, I told them standing right there at their booth, I will not put another airplane on display at a contest yeah, yeah. without one of their bases under it. And not I mean, the mention, price, you can't beat it, man. Awards, yeah. man. 
which you know is yep. a perfect segue into the main topic talking about gnats you know our experiences and like one of the things is you put your model on a base to limit the number of times that your model gets handled yeah yeah because how many freaking broken models did you see it anyway we'll get into it but what yeah. the hell that's just like an inexcusable like that like that f5 that got like demolished come on yeah. people like what the fuck are you doing man I didn't Pay see attention. That. You didn't see the F5? One of the stabs busted, and a bunch of other shit was busted. I'm going to make it a rule at PaxCon to the judges. No one picks up a model. There you go. If you yep. can't make a decision by just looking at what's as it go sits on the table, then, then move along. You know, go, go grab you or Frill or me or Darren yeah. or somebody. I do not want to be. I don't know. I do not want to be answering to people complaining about their broken model because some judge fat fingered it. You True know, statements. True leave statement. it alone. That's gonna be. That's gonna be. Op- I'm gonna open my brief with, "Don't pick up a model." Yep. Yeah, I couldn't believe I when repeat, I heard. Don't I heard, pick up a model. <laughs> when I heard that dude at Nats that say, and so if uh, whenever you pick up the model, if you you know, uh, feel free to pick it up. And I was like, no, what the fuck is Negative. he saying? Yeah, I'm like, dude. The team I was with, one of the guys was pushing the thing around on the base. <laughs> I said, guys, stop. Turn it. By the base. Yeah. If you need to turn it, that's why it's on a base. What the hell's wrong with people, man? Like, stop. I was like, stop finger banging his model, man. <laughs> nope. We had one guy touch models for us, and that was Chris Buckholtz. We just. Yeah. Nope. Our group, we like, didn't touch person, anything. He was the only one that touched them. Team lead, if needed, that was it. Yep. Yeah. We never, we never touched them. I, I would recommend to any modeler out there listening that, you know what? If going to a contest is your thing, and if you, you know, I would put on your sheet for people not to touch and pick up your model. And if that means you're not going to win a, a, a plaque, a coin, a trophy, then so be it. You know, but if, if, if you know, I would put on it, just do not pick up my model, period. If it, and I, you know, if it means I don't win, then, then, then so be it. I can, I can live with that. Yep, agreed. Anyway, how was Nats, guys? Woo, freaking awesome! Nats was <laughs> awesome. It was a much needed break. Oh man, I had so much damn fun out there. It was I great. Know. You come home and you know that that next um, week after Nats, it sucks, man. Yeah, <laughs> the only. Working. I mean, it was. Oh yeah, it was not. You got to be around people who don't build models. Oh and, my god! And then uh, yeah. Yeah, the home life, because the home life's like, well, you've been gone for a week, so you better not even think about models. Ugh, my grass was a mile high, man. <laughs> Mine was too. Mm. my wife and kids were out of town. She had the mar- she had the yard mowed, and, except she didn't do the weed eater. She didn't know how to do the weed eater, so and the edger, but she mowed it. <laughs> Thanks, honey. Oh, but, yeah. I, I anyway. mean, it, it was... Uh, you know, I still feel like I'm kind of recovering. Like, yeah. Just from the, you know, the, the every, the just, it was so busy every day. Oh, it was. Yeah. I mean, once, once we got there and we already went over the horrific details of how we got there, but once we were there and, you know, like, I'll just start with even, even Tuesday night, you know, once things kind of calmed down, <laughs> it was, man, it was great seeing everybody. And it just, I needed that. I needed that. Like get away, just relax and just, you know, full 
bore models for four or five days, man. It was, it, it was just fun from the get go. And it's a great venue too. I, I really, I thought the hotel was clean. It was nice. Um, it was expensive, our room, yep. but, but it was still really, it was still really nice and a great breakfast. And I don't know, it was just, uh, you know, always, always, always push to stay at the venue if you can, you know, that was great. Cause if, Hey, I got to go hit the head, you run up, do what you need to do. Come back down. Eh, I'm going to grab a bite to eat, run up, grab a snack, come back. You know I mean? It was just, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I really enjoyed the venue. I thought it was great. I was a little, little disappointed with the lighting in the contest room. I mean, that well, yeah, pretty that much you know, every show. Yeah, yeah. well, it's I, actually, it's probably not even the lighting. It was more those, the, the, the dark carpet and the black tablecloths and everything that was sucking the lighting, the lighting up. But, um, but the contest room was, was huge and man, it was packed, wasn't it? <laughs> it was packed for sure. Now, I, I mean, I think the numbers were a little less than Vegas as, you know, it, it, when the final count come out, but the, to stand in that room and look around, you wouldn't think so. Yeah, no, that kind of surprises me a little bit. Well, yeah. my hat is off to the uh, IPMS Fort Crook guys. They put on a heck of a show, man. They did amazing. Yeah, I thought the, uh, you know, because I was one of the idiots that didn't pre-register. So when I walked up to register, I mean, it took like two minutes. It was, I paid my money. I got my badge on my way. Walked over to the register. I, you know, I did have my paperwork printed out. So that again, just a couple. It was it was quick. It was really really quick and smooth, and people were friendly. And yeah, it was um, checking in, getting registered, and all that was was easy. And even yeah. you know going in and dropping your models off, and and they weren't you know like you have some shows where they're really policing your badge. Like you got to have your badge front and center. Like you had to stop for inspection, you know, pass the code, answer a couple test questions. Then they let you into the contest room. <laughs> and um, yeah, man, you know, um, they might have no. to do a full body search just in case, you know, randomly. But no, these guys were like, occasionally, I think I like twice out of the whole week, the guy's like, oh, where's your badge? And I was like, oh, it's down I here. I never asked once. Yeah. No, me neither. Like, I thought they time. were they were really nice. Yeah, they were they were good. Yeah, the Omaha folks definitely know how to do it. And um, I got a you know, credit to the uh, IPMS USA with the new system that they've got up and running to register and all that kind of stuff. That made the process a, a lot smoother. Yep. Um, and it you know, I haven't heard any grumbling out there in internet land about any of the um registration process of the checking in or none of that stuff. No. Everything that was, I've had zero complaints yeah. from that as far as that easy. goes. How about for you guys that had already pre-registered? Was that see, yeah, easy I mean, for you like, guys to do? You know, yes. We just was, walk, walk right up to the, the guy and hand you envelope with sweet. And you know, they did, a, they did a, a, a courtesy check to make sure everything that you purchased is in there you know you if you had a banquet ticket uh you know that we did the night at the museum ticket you know you got your your decal sheet your uh pins things like that you know the t-shirt cool. if you got a t-shirt no you know they they sat there and they they you know laid it out for you and said hey here you go if you, are you missing anything nope you're all good see you later have a good day wow yep i didn't know those work. guys had hosted that thing four times already yeah yeah that was their fourth there 
Wow. And I could I could sense the theme for the next one would be yep. like Aces High. Aces High or something. They'll <laughs> yep. have five. They'll have five stars on their yep. logo. But yeah. yeah, great, great, great job by those guys at uh the IPMS Fort Crook. They did an amazing job. What what do you guys think? What'd you think about the vendor room? Vendor rooms. I no, thought it was good. Yeah. No complaints. It was here. well laid out. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have. Um, I mean, it's always nice to. I would have loved to have some of the. Um, I think like Tamiya wasn't there. Zoki right. Mirror wasn't there. So I, I love it ha- having those guys here. So just so you can see some of the new stuff that's coming out. But I thought yeah. the um, the the vendor choices and the you know they were they were great. I mean, I yeah. have a ton of crap. So I was like, I saw a bunch of stuff that I wanted to buy, but I didn't because I didn't want to give it to you to have to drive back for me. <laughs> So I didn't buy nearly as much. I mean, I only spent like two or three hundred dollars the whole week in the vendor right. room, which normally it's ten times that, you know. But I I thought it was pretty good. Um, I was happy to see, uh, Rudy and Danielle from Lionheart yeah. come up because nice you know, to meet them. They're, yeah, they're just awesome people. And then of course it's always good to see John from John's yep. Models because you know it's just it's just fun to see him and talk to him, and um. You know, there are just several other people that um, that attended that were um, everybody was nice and friendly, and you know, Dave Roof. It was great to see Dave and talk to him for a little bit, and you know, meet Tanya, his girlfriend. I yep. never, we had never met her before. Yep, they were. It was always it's always good to talk to him. I mean, he's such a great dude, and he puts out such a great product, and so it was great to talk to him. And then, I mean, there's just and, so there's so many other people, but yeah, it was. I thought it was good. And he got another 3D printer delivered while we were at Nat. So he's Uh-oh. adding another one to his arsenal. Cool. You know, speaking of the theme, you know, what do you guys think of the Arsenal of Democracy theme? Yeah, it's pretty good. It was uh, wide uh, ranging. Yeah, yeah good, was, good range. Well, I know I had a blast there. And it was, a, it, it, and you know, it was good just to meet people again and put a name with a face from people who have... Uh, either emailed us or sent us stuff on Facebook and it was good to put a name with a face. Yeah. That's yeah, speaking. Sorry. Name, go ahead. I, mean, I got a, a list of names to shout out of folks we met listeners and, and all that. If you, you give me 10 seconds, I'll run through them. Get, get it, man. Get it. <laughs> get it. on it. All right. We talked about Derek post already, you know, P three C 40 guy. He was great to meet and, and hang out with and uh, uh buddy Ben Pluth, he hooked us up with a, uh, some beers up in the room there and hung out with him. And uh, let's see, Craig Boomer Bauer, he was our ride out to the SAC Museum. Yeah, you know, thanks for that, Craig. And, thanks, uh, Craig. Just all the other listeners we met, uh, we got Drew Savage, Gil Vincent, wicked nice guy, Mark Fox, Mark Sistrunk out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, wicked, wicked good guy, Mark Copeland out in Minneapolis, Ken Beckler, Corey Ransom. Dave Wapples. Let's see who else. Mike Talkie, Cody Langdon. He's the guy who hooked me up with that uh, banshee. Met him and his girlfriend. Um, nice uh, young lady. Nice people. Yeah. Jay Bergeron, Ethan Smith, Matthew Slater, Mike Luck, Brian Hattick, and uh, Vladimir Jovic. Had a good time talking with him. Hung out with him at the uh, award ceremony out of uh, Milwaukee. He's an aircraft uh, airport manager, and uh, so it was interesting to talk with him. Um. And let's see, uh, Greg Cooper and Jay Everett, too, we sat and talked with them. So, again, it's all about the people, man. I mean, that that was, you know, sitting there on Tuesday night when we first got in and hanging out, having a couple of beers downstairs. 
in the lobby and next thing you know was sitting with 20 people oh yeah it was awesome you know i like to say th- you know it was good meeting the um the swat team officers that came in <laughs> that night at the mojo dojo and uh yeah man the rona party man jeez that was man. fun yeah had the law called on us and the crazy. on the bench guys man, trekking the in bench. they yep. showed up that night in from Hawaii. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, we met a, a metric ass ton of people. I mean, and it was great to hang out with yeah. the, all the podcast guys, the Triple P folks, IJT over there from uh, Jolly Old England. I mean, great, great time hanging out with all those people. I think he still got the meat sweats from that 36 ounce. Uh, I can't believe he ate that whole thing. Golly. So, you know, we, we've got here, uh, looking at our outline, you know, the, the question, what what was the most important part of the Nats? And I, I want to kind of change that say, what was my favorite part of the Nats and, and bring this up? Cause it's a perfect segue off what you're talking about. And it was the people and the camaraderie yeah. and, and being around like-minded guys, man, we just, it was just like, what did we say in, it in Vegas? Did we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that just on a, a bigger scale. It was I, yeah, I think Definitely. I think it goes without saying like it's always the people and and it's and because of this podcast it's becoming even more apparent more important um and that's and it's it is it's a it's a blast it's a lot of fun it really I, is I, I know for me one of the things this was new for us was our seminar I was yeah. freaking blown away I was thinking yeah hopefully there's a couple people you know that will be able to it was packed. Like, yeah, it was good. It was standing room only. And the questions that came were, were great. Um, I think it, I, I'd like to know how people felt. Would you rather have seen what you, for the folks that were there and saw us kind of put the, the presentation up on the screen and talk through the pictures, or would you have rather seen us actually putting paint onto parts with an airbrush? What, you know, let us know what you would rather. Cause when I think we've already signed up for two, um, two more demos in uh in San Marcos. So let us know what you'd rather what you'd rather get have. I I think that's a great question, uh, Scott. And I, I've been given some of that uh, given that some thought as well. And I I, I kind of think we might want to steal a play from the uh the posse and at our table set up demonstrations uh, yeah. like they were doing with the MIG stuff and just. Yeah, we, we could cool. we could build, we could set our air compressors up, we could do all sorts of demos just right there at our table, and uh, and then go into the seminar with the brief the way we we were. And, yeah, because uh, I, I, it just I, seemed I, to work well. I I definitely liked um you know anybody who knows me, I don't have a problem talking in front of people, so I love doing that. Um, but I was I was so happy. It was a it was, really was a discussion with all of us. Yeah, I mean, and and having you guys there, all of us there, it wasn't like it's not like it's I mean, okay, yeah. So I did the talk, most of the talking, but but it's really all of us. It's it's a model geeks. This is how we do stuff, you know. And then being able to answer all the questions from people, it was just it just blew me away that there was more than like a couple folks. And and it was great to be able uh, to meet people that way and to to know that we hopefully made a, a good a positive impact. So for me, it was the seminar. That was something that I was not expecting. So thank you to all those that attended and ask questions and, and, you know, 
it was an hour and it went by really quick. You know, we had a sold out show. Yeah, man. It was good. It was really standing room only in the back there for a while. Good times. Yeah. Which kind of, you know, segues into, you know, what I couldn't really think of a better place to get some inspiration for a build is when I didn't get a, to spend a whole lot of time in the contest room, but oh my gosh, man, the models that were out there. Yeah, there was there were a couple so favorites, right? Like, so what were your favorites? My if I had to pick my favorite was probably that Peggy. I think the Peggy was one of my favorites. Um, the seventy second scale Peggy, which was just freaking amazing. Yeah, I think that all of us were like, whoa! It was just it was very 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 well done. And that guy, he he was the same dude that built that that uh triplane that won best aircraft and best of show so yep, i can't i'm sorry show. i can't remember the gentleman's name but steve who's there you go man he had that dude he he's can a build. master with the 70 seconds oh, stuff man glad he builds the wrong yeah. scale <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's beautiful like his stuff was just yeah. and and Every, you know, I'd be looking through the different, walking through the tables and looking at stuff. Another one that was my favorite was his, um, his, uh, I mean, the 109 that was, had crashed and he had all the sheep around it, like the diorama area. Oh man, it was just, it was neat. It looked just like the picture and it was very, very well done. Um, yeah, but those, his stuff was just, oh man, it was, it was amazing. It was really, it was really, really good. So, how about you guys? What was some of your favorites that you saw? I like that seventy-two scale B twenty-four that was on the uh, that front table as you went yeah, in. That, that was nice too. Yeah, it was right next to the uh, Peggy, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah that that B twenty-four looked really good. I think it was witchcraft yeah. too. Was the one that he did right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I like that one, and then uh, what else did I like? Man, I'm trying to cut. All I really saw was the aircraft, and there was just so many. I, there I was a hell diver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 There. Um. Which I kind of felt bad for him because he had to compete against Mark. I was gonna say Mark's Mark's Corsair, Corsair was freaking and uh, so they good. Put, both of those models were next to each other, both the Hell Diver and Marks. And the level of scratch building that went into that Hell Diver was just phenomenal. I mean, he like scratch built the wheel wells and did an awesome paint job on it and a whole bunch of other details. And he had a little uh little photo album thing there where you could thumb through and you could see the different um stuff that he did. And Mark Schachter did the same thing as well. And showed his pictures, and it's just one day I'll get to be that good. One day, I'll never get there. No, I can't even like I can't even put a rivet on like Mark does. I I, I just don't know how he got to get him on here. But I just I don't the patience that he has and the skill and the the precision because everything looks perfect. I mean, there's just it's just unbelievable how he does. I think there were like. There's several thousand pieces that were scratch built that were part of the engine, you know, in the accessory section. That's the accessory section and the um, where it had all the, you know, I guess the next to the firewall. That's all scratch built, you know. Yeah, it's just, flip through the book. The book he did, the Bragg yeah, book, is just amazing. Yeah. The, you yeah. Know, yeah. yeah. Just beautiful work. Yeah. We judged that category. Phil and I did. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, it was 
I, I walked up and I went, really? I got to judge this guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. what a perfect category to OJT on. Right? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. But, and another mall that kind of stood out to me was that Iranian F-14. Dude even had the Iranian F-14 patch I, on the base with it. He did, yeah. That that it. I, that I'd really like to know cool. how he got a, got a hold of that one. Um, I think my favorite airplane, and I called it when I walked in there, was in my categories. It took first place was the, uh, the F-3H2 Demon. Uh, the guy did. I saw From that one. Marcos? Yeah. It just stood out uh, on the table. Um, I, I said, oh, there's a winner right there. <laughs> the first day I walked in and saw it. Uh, it's just beautiful. Um, but, you know, Frill, you said you didn't get a chance to walk around. And I want to thank Justin for showing this to me because it was probably my favorite one, of the favorite thing there. And that was that little shadow box diorama of the musician sitting there smoking a cigarette with the guitar sitting there. That yeah, it was, was pretty amazing. He, he showed that. Yeah, He's I like, dude, you got to come see this. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty freaked out. That was cool. <laughs> it was just amazing. As Justin said, there's strings on the goddamn camera. <laughs> 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 yeah. I'll tell you who else brings yeah. some really nice stuff is Mr. Lentz himself, man. Yes, sir. That's, I told him, I'm like, dude, when you go to San Marcos, you're going to need to bring a freaking U-Haul to carry home all your awards. Cause yeah, he did yeah, well. He, he does. He did well. He did really first well. Nats yeah. flies in in a private plane, <laughs> right. rolls out with two awards, yeah. first and a second. It, and then yeah. has somebody deliver a shit to him. Yeah. doesn't even have yeah. to take his stuff home. I was like, Hey guys, get my stuff. I'm out of here. See ya. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> He's balling. Yeah. He's living the baller life. He is. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, keep your seats, keep your seats. Hmm. Yes. Good Couple times, of Justin Lentz is in the building. A couple of standouts to me were the um there was a forty eight scale yellow wing kingfisher that looked really nice. Yep. yep. And also a um You know FJ that kingfisher will make you or break you. The kingfisher will make you or break you. It's yeah. either gonna look good or it's gonna and he made oh, that it one look that one looked good. Yes. Yeah. Um and there was a a yellow of uh, orange and white. Uh, FJ2 Fury that looked really good too. That guy had that demarcation line just perfect, perfect man. Yeah, and um, it's uh, you know, in those two, I I off the top of my head, I don't think they went home with awards, and that's just a shame. It is, you know, and I'm not going to go down a, a rabbit hole of awarded uh thing. IPMS Nationals does IPMS Nationals, and uh, you know that that's that's the rules, um, but. I you know to send stuff home without awards from that show is just man you're looking at so much yeah, awesome there, work on the there table. There were there were a lot that um I felt were absolutely deserving oh, of yeah. something. There's a couple in particular that I really really liked, and I thought that they. I mean, because when I looked at them, I was like, wow, uh, those were impressive. And so mm-hmm. I, I, that's, I think that's the whole, that's the whole reason why we're going to do gold, silver, bronze at PaxCon. Cause you hate seeing, um, models that deserve awards, um, that deserve to be recognized that don't get recognized. So, yep. yep. Cause there were some nice, uh, there was a, a, a Singaporean A4 that was there. Yeah. Too. That was yeah. cool. That looked nice, nice by a Ray engineer. I believe he built that. Yeah. Uh, and that was just, that looked spot on, man. Nice paint work. And there was an Israeli A4 in there as well, too, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, that thing was yep. cool. That had the, yeah. the pilot going up the ladder. Yep. yep. Yeah, oh, I mean, amazing. there was a ton of nice-looking A4s yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, there were a bunch. Yeah, and 
I, I think also we got to meet, there's some people that, um, from the other podcasts that, you know, like, um, Will Patterson and Matt McDougal. Um, those are just the two off the top of my head that, you know, they're, you know, I was anxious to meet those guys and, and you never get enough time to spend, to shoot the shit and, and just talk about models and stuff. Will was luckily Will was in the group with me when we were judging and, um, you know, it was great to finally get to meet him. So Will and Matt, it was great meeting you guys and, uh, look forward to, you know, a bunch more every time. I guess we'll probably only see each other at Nats, but, <laughs> but yeah, man, it was, uh, it was going to meet you guys. How about his P40? That looked really nice too. Yeah. It the did. P40 looked good. Yeah. Well, they, um, Will and Matt both had P40s Yeah, I there, thought, I thought both of their P40s were, were very, very well done. I thought they looked really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not getting that level of paintwork done, man. I yeah, I, I'd have I got to go back and study the techniques if I like because when I, I, you know, I have that P38 and I want to do a something out of some South Pacific jungle yeah strip, you know, and that's how I in yeah. my head I want it to look is just corroded, yeah, paint chipped, paint yeah. worn. It's more worn than chipped, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, that's I've what seen I see in I mean, my head. When I lost growing on the wheels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, oh, I mean, I think that, cause I'll never use like oils to the extent that they're, that they're using, you know, I'll, um, I think with, with the airbrush and whatnot, I think that's, you know, and some, some pencils and chipping and, you know, just play with it and see how I can get it to work. But I, I don't know the oils have just, even Justin swears by him. He likes using oils a little bit. Um, but I think like away yeah. from a wash, I mean, he, 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 like you're talking about painting with the oils like or streaking with oils. Like both. Like he, okay. like how like Zammer B-Day kind of paints, like he uses the oils to kind of paint on the model, um, and get I'll the different streaking effects. streaking with them. Yeah. That's, I, I just, doing, even streaking, I use the airbrush. I don't I'm use doing oils. some of that on my A4 now, some painting. But like we've oils. said at our, at our TPS little discussion, it's you do what works for you. You know, do yeah, man. do what works for you, and you know, you never know what kind of technique you're going to learn. You're like, huh, that works. Or one you'll be like, nah, it's not really me. You know, so it's a cool thing about the hobby. Do whatever the hell you want. I mean, who, who gives a shit? Just do whatever you want. You know, do what makes you happy. You do you. All right. Well, sounds like everybody had a good time at the Nats. Yeah, I know. I I know I did. It was a blast just catching up with people and. uh Seeing some good models on the tables. Hell yeah, I'm already counting down to San Marcos. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> How many days? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, come on. I like. 340-something or 350-something. Uh, oh, and what about, too, before we go, you know, uh, Natson 24 is going to be in Masson, Wisconsin. Sweet. Yes, it is. And, That's uh, a lot closer drive than where I went to this time. And Jeff Hearn at scale, at scale Colors is the contest chair for that. Sweet. Ooh. Hey, speaking of Jeff Hearn, thanks for mentioning him. Thank. Um, scale Colors. Uh, he's got a new line of vinyl masks under the uh, Scale Colors banner, and it's headed up headed up by a, a new addition to the team, uh, a fellow named Will Clifton. I want to thank him for. Uh, you know, I was over at the table talking to him about the uh, Wildcat I just picked up, and he, uh, he he handed me a, a set of the masks. So here, you want to. Try you know, try to set a mask on on it when you build it, and uh, tell me what you think. 
So I'll be uh, sh- sure to check those out. Um, and thanks again to uh, to Will for that and uh, Jeff as well. Um, so check out their uh, new line of masks. They look pretty nice. Hey, before we wrap up and close out the show, I want to give a special thank you to you guys for taking time out of your Monday to sit here and for a couple hours and talk about a hobby that is dear to us and all of our all of our great sponsors for allowing us to do that. Well, there it is. Another episode is in the books. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to the episode as much as we enjoyed recording it, discussing the hobby, and giving our Nats recap. And we want to thank you for making us a valuable part of your bench time. And we hope you can join us for our next podcast. But for now, be excellent to each other, keep your sprues empty, and get out there and build something. Out from the geeks. Take care, everybody. All right, y'all. See ya. See ya. Later, later. Later, everybody.